Promo Kitchen is a nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. This episode of the Promo Kitchen podcast has been sponsored by smarteqp.com. SmartEQP.com gives independent distributors three competitive advantages. N-quantity pricing from more than 90 of the top promotional product supplier lines, quality connections from some of the brightest minds in the industry, and cutting-edge training from top secrets of promotional product sales. To give yourself an unrivaled combination of EQP buying power, quality connections, and cutting-edge training, visit www.SmartEQP.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and I'm joined by my friend and fellow chef, Danny Rosen, president of Brand Fuel. We bring to you a special episode today. On December 8th, news broke of the merger between two of the largest apparel suppliers in the industry, Alpha Broder and Bodekin Rhodes. According to ASI's top 40 supplier list, the combined sales of these two companies is now over $1 billion, the first company in the promotional products industry to cross that threshold. This is the third major addition for Alpha Broder in the last few years after it added Imprints Wholesale in 2012 and Ash City Worldwide in 2014. From the looks of it, Alpha Broder is just getting started. Joining us today to discuss the reasons for the merger, what's ahead for both companies, and the impact of a billion dollar supplier on the industry are Norm Hullinger, CEO of Alpha Broder, and Mike Rhodes, CEO of Bodek and Rhodes. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. It's great having you on. And why don't we start off with a question about what was behind the merger. Can you tell us about the impetus for this merger? Well, this is Mike speaking. The answer is that, you know, first of all, we're two very large wholesale companies, but we're located in the same city in Philadelphia. And culturally, we're very, very similar. And we ultimately felt that the combining of the two companies would create a world that would offer our customers ultimately something that would be best of breed in all aspects, whether it be service, delivery, pricing, all the things that we felt that were important to the customer, IT, and so on. And, you know, both companies are growing, and both companies need as much help as we can possibly get. And from an executive perspective, merging the two organizations Both being in Philadelphia gives us an interesting opportunity to bring the best people in the industry together to be able to offer just an outstanding company that can do something really special for our customers. Right. And Mike and Norm, I mean, you've been competitors for quite some time now. What was the trigger in 2015 to make this happen now? Well, I'll weigh in first. This is Norm speaking. There really wasn't so much of a trigger. I mean, we've been well aware of each other as very respectful competitors for years and years and years. We've often at Legacy Alpha Broder envied the reputation that the Bodick and Rhodes team had built. And it was always in the back of our mind to see if we could bring our companies together. And then I just think the natural evolution of the industry, you know, there's, there's certainly consolidation and to a certain extent disintermediation going on across the industry from a variety of different levels. 
again, suppliers and distributors. And you know, we just thought the time was right to echo Mike's earlier sentiments that, that we can bring together the best overall offering for the emotional products distributor in one space, one phone call, one URL, mm. the best brands, the best service, the deepest inventory, and quite frankly, again, as, as Mike pointed out, the best conjoined management team. It's interesting when you look at the top 10 overall suppliers by revenue in the industry, it's interesting to note that seven of them are pure play apparel suppliers. And I'm even excluding Polyconcept and Hit from that, noting that they do have apparel in their lines, but I wouldn't really define them as pure play apparel companies like you and Bodic. But back to my question, seven of you are in the apparel space of course taking alpha broder and bodic and roads that would be five others ns sns staten sunscope to name a few and then of course there's sanmar is there any view for additional acquisitions or consolidation within that list as you look forward the next couple of years well again norm speaking here i think that we've made it clear at legacy alpha broder that we want to grow both organically and through transactions as we have recently emerging with Bodic and Rhodes. So yes, our new combined company is already contemplating future moves in that arena. Clearly, we won't head down a path like that unless it's very, very well suited for our customers mm-hmm. and also until we get a chance to, to bring our new company to the level of integration and service that we know that we require. But yes, I, I think it would be fair to say that our new company is very well financed. It's extremely well situated to take advantage of opportunities. But again, we don't want to get big to be big. We don't want to do anything because it's out there and available. We would just simply want to do something that created a better experience for the customer. Right. right. I would agree with that comment. And you know, you said in the top ten, and I, were you implying would there be some type of situation where other people in the top ten would be in that situation? I, you know, we really can't answer that. We're not really in the position at this point to kind of say, hey, we're talking to these or not talking to these. But the apparel market is very, very big. In the promotional products industry, I, I think the number is closer to 30% of, of the market is apparel. Yeah. In the wholesale chain, it just so happens that most of the companies in this marketplace have been around for a long time. In the Bodic and Rhodes case, we're a 76-year-old company. In the Broder case, I think it was at least 50 years. Alpha portion of Alpha Broder, over 75 years. So you know, a lot of the apparel distributors that are servicing the marketplace are very, very long-term companies that have built up their businesses over a long time organically. So it's not a surprise that many of these companies are large players in the marketplace, and it takes a long time to grow your customer base and that loyalty. Right. I'm curious, when you look at the top 10 list, of course, in 2015, based on 2014 sales, Alpha Broder was number one, and then Sanmar was neck and neck. How does this impact your competitive relationship with Sanmar? We're running our business, you know, we're not ignoring the fact that we have competitors. The bottom line is our job right now is to be as good as we can be and service our customers the best that we can be. There's room in this marketplace for many companies to be as strong as Alpha Broder, Bodekin Road, Sanmar, and others. So the answer is, you know, hey, hopefully this just makes us more competitive, gives us the ability to be more aggressive, give our customers better services and such, and, you know, puts more pressure on Samar and other wholesalers. That is natural in the evolution of two companies coming together. So I think that this makes us stronger or weaker. You know, I don't even think we look at it that way. You know, we really respect what the other competitors in our space have done. And hopefully the things that we do will make our customers want to do business with us even more. So as time rolls ahead and we see how things go, you know, hopefully we'll 
get some more market share and our customers will enjoy that experience and will earn their trust. And our ultimate goal in this process, number one ultimate thing is customers come first and we do not want our customers to be affected in a negative way by any stretch of the imagination. So everything we do from start to finish, we do not want our customers to feel any impact other than positive. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I could add on to what Mike just said, as Mike opened up this conversation, you know, he said that our cultures were very similar and it was one of the reasons why it was so great for our companies to come together. And it couldn't be more true because I, I love the fact that Mike talks about looking inward first. And, and not all companies do that. They tend to look out at the competitive landscape, quite frankly, more than they should, in my opinion. If you take care of your business, you take care of your customers, you focus on your team, you focus on the folks that come to work every day in your company, you do the right thing, you act morally and ethically in the business world, I think that you'll end up with a great business that generates all of the financial rewards that a great business should while still being something to be proud of. And, and that's the way we ran our separate businesses, and that's the way we're going to run our, our new combined one. Right. That's fantastic. Danny here. So I heard something the other day that went something like this. If you take care of your customers, then they will take care of your marketing for you. And I think that's something that you guys are able to embrace with such a powerful suite of brands and, and so much history in the industry. I mean, it's really impressive. So I commend you both. Let's take a turn here. Let's go to a new chapter and talk a little bit about business advice. And I'm going to start with you, Mike. And then I've got one for you, Norm, as a follow-up. I think, Mike, my, my guess is being the smaller player of the two, but having many, many years in the industry and being really a family-run and managed organization that, that's built itself very well organically with a great team, and, and we're big fans of a lot of folks over there, especially a guy by the name of Mark Held. We are, we are big fans of his. That said, I think a lot of organizations in our space, supplier or distributor, they're not even considering exit strategies. And so I would just ask if you would share some business advice on how to build a great business, what you've learned to get to the place where you're able to have what you've been able to formulate in this acquisition with, with Alpha Broder. I'll start off by saying that my grandfather and my father taught my family one thing, and that was always do the right thing and treat people with respect. And ultimately, from our perspective, the way we looked at our business over the years, the only way that someone will ever respect you enough and want to even go down a process like this to even want to buy you or acquire you or merge with you is that you have to have the respect of everyone. And that means that you always have to do the right thing. So how people look at you is ultimately something that will drive the demand for your company in the future. And if you are not respected, then you should not expect that someone will ultimately want to buy you or work with you. And it's the same thing holds true in business. You know, sometimes, you know, someone will say, well, we didn't do anything wrong. Why do we have to pay this customer this money? Well, the answer is, in most cases, the customer's always right, you know. And for us, our whole focus in business is do the right thing, make sure the customers are happy, and always, always be honest. And I look at in business, if you're honest and if you have common sense, luck will prevail for you in, in the long term, and you have to have the right people. So if you're running a business and you're the main guy or the main woman and it's all coming through you, you know, I don't think that's a good exercise for success, and you really need to be looking for the best possible employees to get you there. And I will tell you that at Bodekin Roads, that was the secret to our success, is having the right people in the right places in our company all the way down the entire organization. You know, we had 600, 700 employees here, and everybody understands that customers come first. And if you put customers first and you have the right people in the right places, you know, you will succeed. It sounds really basic, and, but that really is our secret. 
That's great. Well, that's a really, really good set of words of advice for folks listening. Appreciate that. You asked the question a little bit earlier. Well, one comment that I would make, at Bodekin Roads, 90% of our new customers, and I assume the same thing holds true with Albert Broder, come from referrals. And you made that comment about customers, and customers become your marketing engine. And I think all business people should have that goal that most of your business is coming from referral. If you're working really hard on the marketing side and that's the only way you're getting customers, then that's a bad sign for you. And you should be asking your customers for help and you should be getting most of your customers from your customers' referrals and getting people that way. That's the ultimate win when it comes to business if your new customers come from that direction. There's a lot of truth in there and there's a heck of a lot less expense to spend money at, at uh, ASI and PPAI trade shows and and put ads in magazines and things like that when everybody's spreading the good word amongst themselves. So thanks for reiterating that. Norm, for you, I, I think with this one, this is a question where I'm going to ask you to sort of dig deep and be as honest as you can about maybe some of the challenges that you've experienced while you've been at the helm. And I, the first, I think, was just an amazing acquisition with Ash City, but I think it was wrought with some challenges. Something that big and noble and bold must have come with some headaches. Maybe you can share with listeners in terms of your ability to give them advice on maybe what not to do or what you might have done differently looking back now. Well, I would certainly never purport myself to be an oracle in that regard. I think every endeavor in bringing companies together is different. That having been said, you know, when you sit back and, and you reflect on things that we did well as a company and things that we did well, once we combined the company, we certainly saw some things that we could have done better. You know, I think specifically to Ash City, I think in hindsight what we would prefer to do is perhaps take that integration a little more slowly because it was much more of a, it was a softer integration, it was a sales synergy and, and sales pollination integration, meaning we didn't do much in the way of combining physical plants or distribution centers or sourcing capabilities. Most of what we did was try to sell legacy Ash City customers Alpha Broder product and vice versa. And in hindsight, I think we were too quick to commingle the brands and we just should have taken it more slowly. At the end of the day, um, I, I, I think that um, I think that's the biggest change that we would have made. We're very pleased, by the way, though, downstream with the final results of the Ash City merger. We're quite pleased. You know, we at, at Alpha Broder stand alone. We're about ready to close a record year prior to you know merging with Bodekin Roads. I believe that Mike would probably say that record year for us, record year for Bodekin Roads as well. So. It's true to say I, I think we'd all like another pass at everything in life, wouldn't we? I think there's not a thing I've ever done in my life that I wouldn't want another shot at. And we would definitely be more careful in the commingling of the Alpha Broder and Ash City brand names, given another chance. But that having been said, when we look back and give ourselves a grade, we feel pretty good about where we are. Let's switch gears and talk hard goods. Do you... Norman Mike see an opportunity to bring hard goods into the Alpha Broder, Bodekin Roads roadmap down the road in terms of adding some appreciable revenue to the top line? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing that's been discussed in the public forum in the past. I think that our customers are looking to find just a more streamlined approach to doing business as we're all under a margin pressure from disintermediators like Amazon or others or, or folks that are bombarding us off from China with direct solicitations in hard goods and soft goods. I think we all realize that in order to protect 
our industry. We've just got to make sure that we make the customer experience better and better so that they can sell to their end user customer base more seamlessly. Mm. And at some point, you know, I think that there will be a need for our combined companies to broaden our assortment. I think there's plenty of room within the apparel space to improve, and we plan on doing that. We certainly know there's some players out there that are playing on both sides of the fence, hard and soft goods. We respect what they're doing. But yes, I think it's a possibility, but it would be unfair to say that it's a firm and well-articulated goal at this point. Our goal still is to bring our companies together and just create the best experience possible. Right. I'm curious about decoration. I know that it was primarily through the Ash City acquisition that Alpha Broder started introducing one-stop decorating services. And I know that this has been an interesting debate over the last five, ten years in the industry. And on one side, you've got Ash City and now, of course, Alpha Broder offering one-stop decorating services. And then on the other side, you've got other pure play apparel suppliers. Sanmar is probably the most notable and largest example that has stayed away from that in an effort to support its decorator clientele. Can you comment on that philosophical divide and maybe where you might see that going over the next couple of years to decorate or Uh, not decorate? Yeah, it's it's a great discussion subject, isn't it? Because we've certainly been very, very concerned with the opinion of our customers who are, in fact, of course, decorators as well as promotional product distributors or freestanding decorators. And as we went through the Ash City transaction, we certainly pulled all of our customers together. We did focus groups. We spoke with them. We explained our mission in that regard. And we've, of course, done a a very careful job in following up with those customers. And the good news is we're able to take much of the overflow and the demand that we get to decorate product and send it off to those very same customers. And at the end of the day, we were and continue to keep an ear to the ground because we want to make sure our customers know that we're here to help them with their business, not take business away from them. We're very, very pleased with the downstream results so far. And we think that we we certainly know that our pure decorator business is growing quite nicely, even those that we invited to discuss this issue. And so we're pretty pleased. Mm. I guess from the Burlington Road side, you know, this Ash City merger happened, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so, two years. We have not heard much from our customers with regards to the Alfred Broder decorating process. We thought we would, to be perfectly honest, but... They're very careful. You know, they really aren't looking to expand that business per se. I think it's more of a service thing for their existing promotional products customers more than anything else. The bottom line is that, you know, we felt no advantage because customers were giving them some of this work. And let's face it, you know, in many cases, that SCD business, they were already doing that finishing work. So it wasn't like they were taking business away from someone. They were just continuing doing what they were already doing, which was part of that business already. Right. And, and the key is an open dialogue. We started that from literally we we finished the, uh, the the ink wasn't yet dry on the contract when we already had about 35 of our biggest decorators in Chicago chatting with them about this and asking them their thoughts on it. And quite frankly, we were prepared to do whatever it took to make sure that our customers understood you know, that our position in this industry is, is to make their lives better. Mm. And again, we feel very good about the outcome. Mm. It's interesting to look at both of your business models, and you've been very focused on distributing other lines, Gildan being a fantastic example, or Fruit of Loom, Haynes, et cetera, et cetera. 
Do you see an opportunity for your company to purchase a mill or a brand itself? Specifically, the one thing that I've always been curious about is I've seen all the problems that American Apparel has had over the last couple of years, and I often think of a great operator like you folks with deep pockets, great technology, great distribution power came in and kind of took that over. I wonder whether it would be an interesting result. So I know, <laughs> I know that I'm making lots of assumptions here, but overall, I'm just very curious about whether you would see it as a strategic advantage to purchase a mill as opposed to just distributing other people's lines. I would say you never say never, but in my mind, the answer is probably never. We are a wholesaler and we service our customers with our product and we really are not overly interested in competing with the manufacturers that have helped us get there. Both of us have private label and we have product coming in from all over. Bottom line is that's in our mind more fashion basics than anything else. It's not really in our thought process that we would look to compete with our manufacturers at this time and right. to be honest we're experts in what we do, they're experts in what they do and we don't profess to be an expert manufacturer. Interesting. Uh, did you guys hear that beep a second ago? Anybody? We, yeah, we heard we heard our we heard ourselves talking. I'm not sure what that was. Yeah. So I think that might have been Gildan calling in asking if if you would like to purchase them, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I, I think we answered that question. We we're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I just want to ending up here with maybe a final question and. And if you don't have an answer to this, I think it's fine. I, you guys are very good at sharing the news and what you all are doing from the exciting what's new perspective. But I would ask you this question and then also let you guys have any sort of last words for our podcast today. Are there any new initiatives that you guys have in play that you're able to share? Any brands that you are going to be unveiling at Expo? Anything in the works that we can expect that, that you can share with your fans? And again, the final word, anything you guys want to share on top of that? From Boudicca Road's perspective, we're very excited to announce that we've added Columbia into our family of brands, which ultimately means that all the Boudicca Rose and Alfred Broder customers will have the opportunity to buy that brand. I think it's just a fantastic product for our marketplace. They already have been in the marketplace, but I think it gives us an opportunity to really service our customers at a, at a much higher level. You know, you talked about brands. We have another exciting brand to talk about in just a second. I would also say that IT, when you talk about technology, I think the combining of the R2 companies will give us a superior offering from an IT perspective on a go-forward basis. And we recognize that our customers are busy, and it'll be our job to figure out the best way to make our customers' lives easy. And our customers need the time to spend selling, and they don't need the time to go through any service process that slows them down. So our ultimate goal, both product and from a service perspective in IT, is to give them every possible tool to help them sell, to help them service, to speed up any process that they have that slows them down, and Ultimately, we think that that's ultimately the future, and that is significant. Yes, so well said, Mike. And then the other thing we're very excited about, of course, is, is Under Armour. You know, our new combined company has the opportunity to be the exclusive distributor of Under Armour in our channel, and literally just launched that last week, and are just very, very excited about bringing Under Armour into our space. As you know, it's, it's an amazing brand, and it's a brand that is underrepresented in general in the promotional product space. You know, clearly, 
Uh, it had found its way here through retail and through sports and teams dealers, but there's never really been a direct channel, yeah. and we're happy to, to be part of that. And you know, it just in general, I think at, at the end of the day, we just feel very, very happy about our ability to drive the business forward. Inventory depth as we bring our companies together is, is going to be unprecedented. The partnerships now that we have with the major suppliers of apparel, the Gildans of the world, the Haynes Fruit and Jerseys, LAT, Bella Canvas, on and on and on. The ability to, to carry deeper inventory than ever and broader inventory than ever is really unprecedented in the space. And you know, we think we are creating the juggernaut that is not only quite large, but quite nimble and quite responsive. And as you mentioned earlier, quoted a number of, of a billion dollars. As you well know, you know, the ASI space is only one part of our business. You know, we also spend a lot of time focusing on the decorator space as well, which some of those folks consider themselves ASIs, but some of them do not. You know, they're servicing other markets and, and we do an awful lot of business over there as well. So you know, we're looking at, at a billion and a half dollars in business this year going out the doors of our combined company without much sweat. And that makes us a big player and it gives us the economies of scale that we need you know, to buy right, to be meaningful to the, uh, to, the, to the supplier community, and of course to invest in the things that Mike's already referred to in IT and inventory and other things. And as such, you know, we feel that, again, we respect our competitors, but we certainly feel like we are the, the place to go to, to buy exciting promotional products apparel today and, and going forward. Well, gentlemen, this has been a really fun ride. We really appreciate the time that you spent with us here today, and we certainly salute you in this very bold announcement. And I think that there's certainly some great benefits that I think that all of us see going forward. And it'll be really interesting to see how the industry responds. And We'll keep our eye on you over the next couple of years, and we'll stay close. So thank you so much on behalf of the Promo Kitchen community. This was a wonderful half an hour. Thank you. Thanks for your time, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. See you next time.